Drinking and drugs are often involved in sex and that might be within a relationship or when you're out on a casual date. And since it's dry July, I thought we'd have a look at the effects of drugs and alcohol that have on your dating and sex life with our resident sexologist and relationship therapist, Tanya Coons. Thanks for coming in today, Tanya. Morning, Brady. Tanya, a lot of people who are in their very early phases of dating, like they've just met, they've gone on their first few dates, use alcohol as a way to sort of, you know, socially lose lubricate meeting another person and putting themselves out there and it can lead to a lot of you know early stages drunk sex um what, yes do you think that that's uh, pretty much a common problem among or, or a problem at all well it's a common thing and yeah. um you yeah, know i do meet people that actually haven't ever had sex sober which i think is kind of interesting because one of my mantras is you know the best ingredient for great sex is to be present and we're not always entirely present when we've had something to drink or taken some substances it's not to say it doesn't enhance the experience because it can sometimes yeah but i think people use it as maybe a little yeah, social lubrication a bit of dutch courage maybe to sort of get from one stage to another like it's easier to get into the bedroom with a bit of courage when your social barriers are down after a couple of drinks. So tell us about a few of the impacts that a few drinks can have on uh, a sexual experience. Yeah, um, I was having a little look at this sort of stuff. So people's first times is really interesting that, you know, um, in Australia they surveyed high school students and um, they 45% of people had lost their virginity under the influence of drugs or alcohol. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So I'm thinking maybe they're not considered experiences or this is how I would like things to go. Um, in a survey of high school students, 20% of them said the last time they had sex was under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So that's also quite high. But um, it can also impact your body, right? So uh, for, for men, they can experience erectile dysfunction. I often get like young young guys coming to see me saying, I don't know what's happening to me. I can't, I can't get it up. And when we have a little bit of a chat about the circumstances, they've had eight, eight schooners and maybe taken a couple of pingers and doing a few things and I'm like well gee no wonder that you're having these problems because these things will directly directly impact your sexual functioning so people I think forget that um, these sort of things while they can be a bit of a lubricant they can also have physical impacts on your ability to arouse your ability to have an erection your ability to have an orgasm for men and women it can contribute to vaginal dryness it can do a lot of things. So while it's good to get you naked, it might not be good once you are naked. Mm. It's a good thing to remember, not too much. Yeah, right. Well, we did have someone text in uh, called Pedro. And Pedro said, uh, when I called out and said, we're going to be talking about the way that drugs and alcohol affect your sex life. Yeah. He said, you mean affecting in a good way. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I can really understand that, you know, you, you can be a bit bolder or a little bit less anxious. I, and I think today anxiety is a lot of people's um, issue when they're dealing with trying to get with somebody new. And that can also impact people's sexual performances. So yeah. there are people self-medicating for the anxiety, but they don't realise that they might be causing some physical problems as well. right? And and some people have alcohol dependency. That's another problem altogether. Totally. Um, but that, that also comes with an even heightened uh, chance of sexual dysfunction and physical impacts. So we were talking about, uh, well, you mentioned um, that you think that the best sex is had when you're totally 
present. When you're present, yeah. And I think a lot of people who are going to be doing Dry July are going to be <laughs> maybe open to that sort of new experience of What a great present. opportunity, don't you think? It's like, all right, so we've used to been being a little bit tipsy and having a little bit, you know, drunky, giggly sex. That's great. I think people are sort of like, oh, my God, you know, don't turn the lights on. Don't, don't, don't be really sober when we're doing this. But they don't realise how great that can be when they're actually in their bodies and they're having a good, honest interaction. The idea is to stop the chatter in your head, but you don't have to use drugs or alcohol to do that. You can use that by breathing. You can use that by just focusing on what's happening in your body because, after all, sex is kind of like a conversation between two bodies. If we get up in our head, then we're not going to be having as much fun as if we're down in our bodies. I'd love to hear from you if you prefer doing it after you've had a few or you think that it ruins the whole experience. Text me. Let me know what you reckon. 0409 945 945 and when we come back we're going to be talking a little bit more about the pros and cons of drunk or high sex. Come on. We're talking about Dry July and how that might help your sex life potentially. We've been talking a lot about the physiological things that can happen when you drink and try and have sex. For example, you can't get it up if you're a guy or, you know, you're... Um, I'm so awkward when I talk about this stuff. Your vagina might not be as yeah, wet as as lubricated, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, we had a great text in from Alan who says, what about substances and consent? Yes, that's. I actually wrote a list of. I was. I was trying to do an advantages and disadvantages list of taking drugs and alcohol uh, and sex, and I had a huge list of disadvantages and not so many advantages. Yeah. So one of one of the disadvantages is you may not be able to ask for consent or to gain consent. You know, when, whenever I talk to people about consent uh, and and what is normal sex, I think normal sex is any sexual act between consenting adults. So who can't give consent? Children dead people, unconscious people, animals and inebriated people. And I guess as what we were saying before the, uh, the song break was that a lot of high school students are reporting their first times under yeah. the influence. And, and, and often regretting it, often regretting it, because they'll come and sit on my sofa a few years later going, I'm really not happy with the way things went, and then they, their body can actually um, hold that memory and give them problems later. So it's a really good idea to think things through. And I think that's really hard because there's so much social pressure. There's a lot of goading of people at parties like you should get with that person you should do this you should do that and I think that doesn't help and you can't make clear and level-headed decisions when you've been drinking taking drugs and when you know a whole bunch of your friends are trying to tell you to do this to be cool not a good time so what are some of the other decision and consent based decisions you need to make around sex that might be affected by being an right. Um you could engage in more risky sexual activities yeah so things like I probably wouldn't have slept with that person if I hadn't had so many drinks or uh, I can't even remember if we used a condom or not yeah, or right. if it slipped off, right? These sort of things happen. Um, there might be a lot less pleasure, you know, especially in hookup sex. I've read a lot of research that's like for college students in hookups uh, that women have a 4% chance of having an orgasm in those situations, whereas men have about a 60% chance. Yeah, we had a uh, text in from somebody else, anonymous, on the text line, 0409-945-945, saying that they personally struggle to orgasm when they've been drinking or taking drugs. Mm. However, they also say they've had some pretty amazing heightened sexual experiences when being high, particularly on hallucinogens or weed. 
Yeah, and and I can understand that because those things heighten your senses. And when you look at sex, we're having a sensual activity. We're engaging with touch and we're engaging with sight and smell and all those things. So I can understand that they will be enhanced. And yes, it, it can be extremely difficult for people to come under these circumstances. It's good thing to know for young men as well that 80% of young men will have a problem with erections or keeping it up if they're taking class A drugs so it's not pop but it's like speed uh, ecstasy uh, what what else or coke, those sort of things um, they're gonna, they will impact your erectile functioning so just be aware of that if you, you know, kind of want to have a sexy ending to the night, think about what you're Plan taking ahead. beforehand or say we're going to have a sexy ending but it may not you know like my favorite saying is you can have a lot of fun with the soft cock just think about that right? <laughs> Tanya I learned so much from you it's ridiculous <laughs> um, is there anything uh, long term as well that can be impacted by drug and alcohol use in terms of sexual activity um, I th- well, I think if you rely on it, you know, then people get very, very anxious if they don't have it. So it can become a crutch. But I think if you look at the long-term effects of drugs and alcohol in general, they can really impact your body and your functioning. So people with addiction problems, um, upwards of 70% have problems with sexual functioning as well. You know, it will affect your vascular system. It will desensitise things. It will make it harder to get things up. It will make it harder to lubricate. It will make it more difficult to have an orgasm. Yeah. Well, I hope that answers everyone's questions on um, sex, drugs and alcohol as a (laughs) bit of a cocktail there. Um, My guest today is Tanya Coons. She is our resident sexologist and sexual counsellor and she does an amazing job every second Monday on explaining to us a little bit more about sex, which we all think we're experts on, but there is actually a few of us who are a little bit more clued in than others. Always something to learn. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So thank you, Tanya. And we're going to continue this conversation conversation in a fortnight's time. Yes. You're going to come back in and we're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, see how we're all going for dry July and uh, yeah. see if we've noticed any differences. Fantastic. Do call in or send us emails. Yeah, you can always uh, you can always email the show. The email's on the program page at fbiradio.com or send us a text 0409 945 945. Thank you so much to Tanya Coons, my guest today. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.